All right, Caitlin and I are back here with CryptoCrash. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is Microsoft. So Microsoft has joined the many other companies that said they are going to pay for their employees to travel uh, if they need to for medical care like abortion. Uh, so far, I haven't heard any of these companies getting any revenge from the red states, although I would expect DeSantis to take revenge on the way he tried to take revenge on Disneyland. That hasn't happened yet. And um, also, Microsoft is going head to head with Mandiant. They tried to acquire Mandiant, but they appear to have lost Mandiant to Google. So they're developing their own instant response service, which they say is the fastest growing part of their business. Three businesses all involving uh, inside Microsoft, all involving real humans to help you detect threats, respond to them, and cope with incidents. Um, so they say it's a very big growing business, which I can believe. How many people can afford to have your own instant response team? You pretty much have to outsource that to a contractor somewhere. And Microsoft seems to be moving into that space. Anyway, then uh, Caitlin's got China. I do. Well, kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, let's take a look at the Eurasian Times. Uh, they're talking about uh, Starlink. Uh, and this is an article by uh, Tanmay Kadam. So... All right, so Starlink is a private enterprise by SpaceX, but of course SpaceX is associated with the United States. And this is becoming a political issue because they are setting up a global internet access point controlled essentially by the United States. And other countries, particularly China, are very wary of this. Well, controlled by Elon Musk, right? Which is not the same well, thing as the U.S. government. Well, that's where it gets a little interesting because the U.S. government is totally involved in SpaceX oh. uh, and, and the um, deployment of, of these uh, Starlink systems. Uh, so, for example, the Starlink systems were recently deployed, uh, funded by the U.S. government in places like, um, uh, oh, Ukraine. Oh. Ukraine, thank you. Um, and, and of course, SpaceX works with NASA and the US government a lot uh, to, to get this stuff done and has a bunch of funding, presumably, from the US military. And yeah, here we go. The US Air Force is talking about setting up Starlink systems. Um, and, you know, and you think, well, I mean, what if, for example, Huawei set up their own global internet system? where then China could have essentially access to the entire backbone of all the people connecting from all over the world, that would create um, an issue. And, and I can imagine it's the same for China, this sort of the opposite where it's like, no, we don't get to control <laughs> you know, what, what information is coming into and out of our country. Um, so, you know, it's a, a lot of these private businesses are becoming political entities in and of themselves. And I, I'm not entirely sure that private entities like SpaceX, uh, like Microsoft, uh, like Google, are really prepared to go onto the international political landscape and do what's best for, you know, people at large and not just their own business. Well, I'm not sure that's what they're interested in. I think they're in it to make yeah. money. Exactly. And, uh, and, I mean, but they I would are... assume that China... I assume that China would not let their own citizens connect to SpaceX. What's going to stop them? 
oh, well, they'll just outlaw. She may stop anywhere else, outlaw the devices, uh, maybe block the radio frequencies, you know. Uh, they can't really block the entire radio frequencies all over China. And well, they can't. That's you can't true. block. They can't block the satellites from going overhead. Anyone can smuggle in a, oh, all right. a dishy, a dishy, yeah. set it up. China would, would not be, would not know any better. Well, I, mean, sure, but it's, I, I can't believe that's a serious problem. I mean, there's some of them that sneak VPNs through the firewall too. And I think you, you don't care about small amounts of it. And most people will just use whatever is readily available. I would think the issue would be other countries where they're trying to extend China's reach. Right. Well, it, what this does is it extends the United States's influence Absolutely. in those countries. So there's a, like I said, a huge political component to this. Uh, that, like I said, these private companies are now being thrust into thrust into international politics, whether they like it or not. Well, yeah, yeah, all right. And of course, I, I'm I've got Elon Musk was threatened by the head of Russia's um, space program, I think, uh, or some some uh, Russian government official posted an angry tweet threatening Elon Musk because he delivered those uh, Starlink terminals to the people in Ukraine. So he's got this post in Russian from Rago, Rogozin. Um, anyway, threatening him saying, as for Elon, you'll be held accountable like an adult, no matter how much you'll play the fool. And so after that, Elon Musk posted a tweet saying, if I die under mysterious circumstances, um, which is what tends to happen to anybody that irritates Putin, Although I highly doubt he would kill Elon Musk, although maybe not. He doesn't have any reluctance to kill his own oligarchs. Anyway, um, so yeah, there he is getting the pushback. But I think they get me getting that pushback all along are the American international companies. Yeah, like I said, these private individuals with no background in international politics are being thrust into spotlight roles in international politics. And this is oh, yeah. not an ideal situation. And we really need to have, you know, some sort of guidance uh, when this happens. Um, you know, maybe have ambassadors, oh, well, uh, public ambassadors, be... you know, maybe work for these private companies when they start getting involved in international politics. I don't know. But, yeah, well, this is an issue. Well, you know, what we're going to have is we're going to have another Trump administration with no ambassadors at all and just insulting everybody on Twitter again. So. Well, that could work. <laughs> That's what we're likely to have, whether it works or not. Anyway, uh, uh, there's a new gadget, which is a prototype from a university, um, but it is a little Band-Aid looking thing that sticks on your skin with tiny little pins that puncture the skin just a little bit so you don't feel it. And it measures glucose, alcohol, and lactate and sends that to your phone with an app. So this sounds awesome for diabetics. And uh, probably a lot of other people too, just sort of a super Fitbit. Unfortunately, it's not for sale yet. It's a prototype, but they're hoping to commercialize it. And it would be very good for diabetes patients. And I would think it would be a big step forward in like wearable health monitoring. If they have any sense, they won't market it just for diabetes patients, but market it for everybody's health monitoring wearables, which is a big thing these days. But anyway, um, that would be a good thing. Diabetes patients currently use many clumsy systems that don't work very well. And uh, you've got a college. I do got a college, a college that once was a college and now apparently will not be a college anymore. Yeah. So Engadget has an article written by Kay Holt uh, talking about Lincoln College and it got hit by a ransomware attack and now it's gonna be shut down. 
Now, I should note that Lincoln College, like a lot of colleges, have been struggling with enrollment since COVID-19. And they were having some financial issues. Uh, but when it got hit with ransomware, uh, that was sort of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, and now the institution is folding and these, this community uh, in Illinois is not going to have this college anymore because of the ransomware. And so, you know, we talk about things like ransomware attacking big corporations and, you know, causing a lot of havoc, but it also does a lot of harm on the community level. And we really need to be aware of that, uh, that when ransomware hits things like small hospitals, small colleges, uh, it can be financially devastating. And like I said, now Illinois has one less college and one less avenue for students to enrich themselves and, you know, get to a better place in their lives. So. One would hope so, or else to build up a huge debt and get themselves to worse place in life. And anyway, well, yeah. All right. And anyway, so I, I was supposed to teach a class in Sri Lanka starting a few months ago. I visited there a while ago and the college there wanted me to teach classes. And somehow I never heard back from them. And I've been finding out why. Holy cow. You think we got arguments here. They have a huge financial crisis. When I was there, they were just having an election and the people said, oh, it looks like we're going to elect the wrong guy. And I guess that's what they did. And the they've had uh, riots and the riots got so bad they forced their president out. The PM. The PM has agreed to leave and he couldn't even leave safely. They had to send troops in to safely get him through the mob, setting fire to things and burning things and uh, running around hitting people with clubs and stuff. So uh, apparently the economic crisis is so, so dire that everything is totally collapsing over there. So that's uh, not a good thing. And uh, I guess they're going to, they got rid of their PM. So if a new PM will help, Maybe they can move forward again. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, let's get back to you, Caitlin, with Bitcoin. Yeah. So speaking of things crashing, uh, CNBC has an article written by Mackenzie Sigalos talking about how 40% of Bitcoin investors are now sinking. Uh, so it turns out Bitcoin might not have been the perfect, amazing investment everyone thought it was. Surprise, surprise. Well, it's always uh, goes up and down a lot. It, well, it goes up and down, but now it's at a, it's down 55% from its peak back in November. Yeah. Uh, and now 40% of the holders are now, you know, struggling and sinking, uh, have lost money on Bitcoin. Uh, well, so, if they get out now, they have, if they hold on to it longer, it might be all right. Yeah, if they hold on to it longer, it might be all, it might be all right. They've sunk enough money into it, you know. And it's not but, just Bitcoin. Um, the stock market's going down. Netflix is down. Yeah, Amazon is down. Yeah. You know, everything's going down. Everything's going down. Yeah. So, um, it's this is just a reminder that Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs are not necessarily a safe, get-rich-quick investment. Oh, certainly, especially not NFTs. Now, those seem to have yeah. crashed, and they may never come back because there was not any sense in them. They managed to make even less sense than other crypto. Yep. And, and there's other articles about it here. Um, Coinbase is expected to report uh, big losses, and that's going to be yet another unpleasant shock to the, uh, to the crypto market. And the thing that really happened here, this is what I used to stay completely out of this and tell students away because, because of stable coins. 
And stablecoins, uh, Terra had the fourth biggest stablecoin, and it actually broke its peg. Like all other stablecoins, it was uh-huh. uh, held up by other investments in crypto. So when right. Bitcoin fell, they couldn't raise enough money to keep their stablecoin up. Oh. Yeah, and when your stablecoin falls, that's their standard of currency. Everything goes, and then there's a run to cash out. So it fell down 40% below a dollar. Now they got it back up to 90 cents uh, by getting a loan from somebody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this is what the big one, I haven't heard what happened to Tether yet, but I mean, when Tether goes, that'll be like 1929. Um, yeah. And so we'll see, but it's looking, yeah. it's a hard times in crypto. I've been hearing there's also um, one of the big companies is going to, if crypto, if Bitcoin falls below 22K, there'll be a margin call demanding that they pay up their loans, which they won't have the collateral for. So there's a sort of like global warming. There's a tipping point, but these price swings were beyond a certain point. It accelerates and crashes. (laughs) And we're not quite there yet, but we're getting pretty close to it. Bitcoin's falling below 30K. I mean, maybe a a good investment in Bitcoin at this point would be to short sell it. Well, uh, yes, but I think actually what most people are doing, for example, El Salvador government is buy it now. I think it's probably about mm-hmm. as low as it's going to go and it's going to come back. That would probably be the wisest investment now, but all high risk. I mean, you never oh, put yes, any money in crypto that you're not willing to lose because it's madness. It is. And that was why I wanted to share this article, because I do know people that think they're going to become rich because they're going to invest in crypto. And, you know, I really hate to break it to them, but it is very volatile and you are very often likely to actually lose money in these investments. So, well, you know, if you want to get rich, the best thing to do is buy a house in California. Yes, that is true. If you can get the capital to do that. Yep. Yeah. But you certainly don't want to put any large amount of your wealth in crypto. No. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I wanted to, to, uh, Offer an alternative. If you want to make money, the thing to do is buy Grinder. Grinder's going public now. There's a growth industry, so it is. <laughs> um, so that seems to me like a wise investment, probably better than Bitcoin. Uh, not that I know anything about the Grinder's financial or business, but it sure seems like they're selling a product that is in demand. And it's very true. Anyway, all right. Well, that's it for this one, and we'll be back on Friday. <laughs>